0: Boys and girls, this is Smart Mark Sterling. I have three bachelors, two masters, and an MBA, and I'm the smartest professional wrestler in the world today, and I'm also the producer of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, and very recently, I passed the bar and helped my friend out of a legal jam, and you are listening to the Wrestling Cheers Podcast. The way in the world today takes everything you got. From all
1: your worries, sure would help a lot Wouldn't you like to get away Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name And they're always you meditating You wanna go where you can see that And welcome back to Wrestling Chairs, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're the Phil Jackson of wrestling figure collecting. This is Wrestling Chairs. We like to talk about things going in the Northeast Ohio, independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is an interview with Smart Mark Sterling. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Chairs is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your Evelyn's fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email if you so choose, desire WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at net. Like I said, this is an interview with smart Mark Sterling, and we have him on the line right now, and it is Great to finally have you on.
0: Hey, yeah, man. Thanks. Uh you we've been trying to figure out a good time and uh you asked me right before I recently got busy and I said we gotta do it in a couple of weeks, and here we are.
1: The crazy thing is, I like when you said like oh, I'm gonna be busy for the next couple of weeks, I was thinking, oh, podcast stuff. Like thinking maybe something along the lines of Hasbro that hasn't been talked about, like some sort of like this video thing you're gonna be editing for, right. for all these days, and then when you showed up on AEW I was like oh it all makes <laughs> sense a uh, sense now that's awesome
0: right yeah i think yeah when you first asked i i knew that i would be uh, starting to travel for a couple of weeks so but here we are and i'm back to uh sort of normal life and uh settling in and this has been a more relaxing week um been drinking some
1: beers all week um so it's been good and like you're normally like really really busy between major wrestling figure podcast between off the hop rope. And then when the world was normal, you had all of like wrestling and everything. And then you also have a personal life too, on top of it.
0: Right. Well, I don't really have much of a personal life. Uh, I, you know, yes. So yes, I am, I am very busy. Um, But I also like sort of just, I mean, I enjoy what I do. So a lot of the times, you know, somebody might be filling their uh free time with uh i don't know playing video games or whatever i I sort of don't do that stuff i just kind of keep working on either wrestling or the podcast or you know uh, beer uh research and it's all kind of directed in the work i do so you could call me uh really busy for sure but um Yeah. And then, you know, got, got even busier, but it sort of ebbs and flows. Sometimes I have insanely busy weeks if I'm working on like a big project and sometimes it's like, you know, fairly manageable and I have some time to, you know, to myself. So
1: how does like the normal workflow for a week work for you between like from day to day? Like, is it kind of like in your mind, there's a certain schedule or Mm. does it change week to week? Well, it certainly
0: changes week to week, but the basic schedule is that we record uh, on Monday. So, Major Wrestling Figure podcast records on Mondays, and so usually Monday I'll work on a video uh, to to come out on Monday nights. We always try to have it. We always try to have a video on Monday nights. Sometimes we don't, but but we always try to put a, a new video up on YouTube then, and then we record on Mondays. So I have to like do all the notes for the show, put pull the the winners together, and. Uh, the incarnation and and the ratings for FWF and like, you know, write all my notes. So that takes a couple hours and then we record, which takes, you know, at least three to four hours. And that's like my whole Monday. So Monday I wake up and I'm, you know, I get a workout in at some point and that's it. And then Tuesday I edit the podcast, which takes me a a work day basically to to edit them, get them up, write the descriptions, all that stuff. So then that kind of brings me to dinner time. And then usually we record Off the Hop Rope, so that's that. And then sometimes I got to pull together the Silver Linings vlog, so that's the Mondays and Tuesdays, which is basically literally all day minus a few things here or there for real life stuff and a workout. And then I can kind of play around with the rest of my week. So then I got to edit Off the Hop Rope at some point, but that doesn't take that long. I'm going to do a couple more videos, maybe you know uh, some major wrestling figure podcast videos Customer service, answer some emails, that kind of stuff. But once Monday and Tuesday is done, it's it's pretty free, and I get to kind of like make my own schedule. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, it it makes sense. I mean, you got that like w- such a high workload at the beginning of the week, and right. I, I think the crazy thing to think about, like how much like everything has like added up, like over the past two years, even like recently with adding a weekly FWF. Uh, right show, which I mean, at first, like when there was the the Patreon version, the Ruthless Aggression one, I, for some reason, I just never got a chance to get into it, like download it, listen to, it and all that kind of stuff. But then when there was the draft on YouTube, I was like, all right, I got to check this out. Like, yeah, like it's gonna be a big premiere. Like, let me let me see what what this is gonna be all about. And I, I was like, all right, I'm I'm in, I'm in. Let me check the week to week stuff, and it's been so much fun. And it's even, which I don't know if anybody else is like this. Uh, whether it be that this podcast, other podcasts, whatever, where listening to it makes you want to go out and buy certain things like that does a lot for the major wrestling figure podcast for me. But even this one with the whole thing of uh, Shane Douglas and the triple threat, my next pro wrestling tease order is probably going to have a Shane Douglas triple threat shirt in it because 100%. of percent because of this. And it's crazy.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I I had a modest collection before I started this this uh, journey with these guys. And uh, now it's it's pretty big, and you know, yeah, like I got the Jane Douglas uh, at high spots recently because of my reinvigoration uh, uh, love for the Triple Threat. So I, I'm with you 100. percent. And the outsiders, and the NWO, and Goldberg, and like those toy biz figures, I've bought a few since. So. Yeah, uh, it certainly does. And, and you know, Broski's just really putting putting over all the play sets and stuff, which are pretty fun. But it's like, what what the heck am I going to do with those? So.
1: Like, I know even like when the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast started, like my collection was small. And like, yeah. it's caused me to like look into more and more things. And I think literally the first week Yokozuna was on the FWF, I was like, well, I want a Yokozuna figure now because just be, because of, of that storyline made me like, oh, man, I really want one. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like it's it's kind of like breathing new life into these wrestlers who are retired or passed away or not doing anything cool or whatever. So it's an interesting thing. I I hope that my hope for the FWF is that uh it's it's a more um universal topic. I guess we always say the major wrestling figure podcast is a niche of a niche of a niche. You have to like podcasts. You have to like pro wrestling enough to uh, collect pro wrestling memorabilia. So there's three things that you have to do uh, to enjoy the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. But the FWF, you just can't, sort of have to like the idea of wrestling or the Attitude Era or have some sort of nostalgia. Like, forget about the figure part. That's just like a small part of it. But listening to two former WWE superstars retell the Attitude Era is a groundbreaking uh, idea of a podcast. They say there's a lot of similar podcasts out there. Well, this is a different one, folks. Uh, so that's why I I'm very excited about it, and I think that we need to get on our horses and and plug it more. But but you know the the listens have been up every week, so uh, I'm excited.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if one of the things about it is that there is still a bit of people kind of maybe uh, maybe embarrassed of. of- wrestling figures and the fact that you do have like it's like grown men playing with them i mean to me i don't care i've, I've gotten past that uh right like the fact that i have figures They've like recently on social media someone like a random person tried to comment on something that i had of like a lot of my figures and they're like oh well you're a grown man what do you have dolls for and i'm like okay like what is that how is that different from anybody else who collects like coins and stamps and and coca-cola yeah. memorabilia like Okay, does it does is all that more acceptable? But why are you collecting money that you don't aren't spending? Why are you collecting stamps you aren't using? Why are you so obsessed with a, a brand of soft drink,
0: yeah. or shirts, or ties, or uh, yeah, decorations in their house or knickknacks? Like there's, you know, everybody buys certain things, so it's it's ridiculous to be judgy about whatever that person chooses to to buy.
1: I think we're a product of the eighties because I'm starting to like look back at that time period. And it's like a lot of people that grew up like, or were kids around that time have more of an appreciation for figures. And I, I feel like, cause I was trying to think about when I started getting in into figures, but they've been around like my whole life. As long as I remember, right. I had like Ghostbusters and like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I don't know if my parents just got like was like, oh, here you go. You you like these shows? You're watching them. Here's these toys. Like I don't remember asking for them. I just remember them being there.
0: Yeah, I am I'm, I'm with you. How old are you? I am 34. Uh, yeah, I'm am 37. I, I'm with you 100. I know, I know. Like by the time the 90s came, uh, I was definitely asking for figures. But like, I had a zillion Ninja Turtle figures, but I don't remember ever asking for one. <laughs> so I think just people were like, he likes Ninja Turtles, buy these. Same thing with He Man. Same things with GI Joes. I have no memory of that, but yeah, I mean, you're right. The '80s, I think, was the boom for the toys and the action figures. Previous to that, you know, you had some GI Joes like that were actually dolls. Um, so we are product of the '80s and '90s, and we're the first generation who is now old enough to have expendable income, and what we're choosing to do with that expendable income is purchase nostalgia. Yeah. Right? So, I don't know what the people uh, who were born in the 70s are doing for their nostalgia. I would say possibly listening to music, collecting records, things like that. But everybody loves nostalgia, be it movies, toys, video games. Now, the people born in the 90s and the 2000s, you see all their nostalgias wrapped up in the video games that they grew up playing and things like that. So... Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that this the toy business, especially now with the addition of the retros and, and the, uh, you know, the vintage toys and vintage collecting, but also like remastering the vintage toys that I think that, uh, you know, I think it's only going to help the toy business as a whole and bring a lot of people back to it. I mean, it, it did for me. My idea was to buy just vintage figures and now I'm buying the vintage figures of the vintage figures if the, like plus the new figures I, it's crazy so
1: like i always had an appreciation for for figures not even just wrestling figures but figures almost my whole life but i think at some mm-hmm. point maybe i just wasn't buying them as much like but i would still like travel down the figure aisle and just take a look of what's what's new and what's going on and then i go back to when the major wrestling figure podcast started i took a picture at the 1 year anniversary of what i knew might collection was before I started listening to it. It literally mm. was a Mountie Hasbro, yeah. uh, Ultimate Warrior and Kevin Owens Retros. Two of each, one was loose and the other one was uh, in the package for both of them. And then the other one was Johnny Gargano's very first figure. And uh, cause I was really like happy and proud that some guy that I, I watched at my very first independent wrestling show had a deal. So like my goal for him was to buy all his, just buy all his figures. Hmm. Then I started listening. I was like, all right. I I remember like I got in like about two months in and I started from the beginning and just marathoned this as quick as I could. And as I, as I was listening to it, especially on a a road trip, I took down to like around Louisville. I just, that's pretty much the only thing I listened to. And I was just, that's when I was really getting itchy. I was like, Ooh, like maybe I can look into these figures. Maybe I can look into these figures. And I I first said like, okay, I'm going to collect only Shawn michaels wrestlemania 12 because that hap- that match happened on my birthday and i love both brett and sean and i love mm. i love that whole story with sean so i was like anyone that depicts that i'll buy it right but then i was like oh like i want to get some hasbros too but I only get, like certain ones like let me just go hogan warrior and uh macho man right and then next thing it turned into like oh like maybe i'll just buy like all these other hasbros so then i'm buying hasbros i've walked into right. stores and i've seen like i remember when i saw uh brian's figure sitting on the pegs at a at a target i was like oh shit i'm buying it and like right. it just snowballed and now like i'm like in my office like i'm looking at a wall of all these figures that i've bought and like of the show i never cared about stomp like there's like i never really cared for jacks in general but mm. with the addition of stomp and paradise and i've went to toy stores and seen stomp figures for 10 bucks i'm like all right i'm buying it this is awesome right
0: yeah me too i'm I'm in mean, I'm with you hundred percent on all of that and and I love hearing other people's rules that they sort of buy uh abide by. but yes I, I've made many rules and broken many rules. I try to stay within them, but sometimes you just gotta make an exception for a really awesome storm collect collectibles uh, liger
1: or something like that so or even uh, like because even outside of that of just either finding good figures here and there or even like I went to a toy uh, show about almost two years ago maybe it was or maybe about a year and a half ago and a guy was selling a turbo man doll the price was high i want to say it was, oh yeah i want to say it was 300 bucks and i yeah. was like fuck it like now and now it's technically a christmas decoration like it's it's sitting here in my office but every christmas right before um the actual christmas day i put it under my tree right so i can say i have a turbo man safely under my tree
0: ah that's awesome yeah i like that um. Yeah, and like you said, I I grew up with figures too. I, I said uh, in some interview or or maybe on the major pod. Um, I feel like my whole life l- led me to this because my entire childhood uh, was playing with my action figures, whether it be the fig feds or my Marvel superheroes or my Star Wars figures. But like, either I I, I until a late age. I, I mean, I was like in eighth grade high school still setting up Star Wars figures and playing with them. Uh, and and that was really my entire life. I, I had some friends. I played basketball occasionally, but like the action figures uh, were my, my main thing and wrestling. So, right now I'm doing a podcast, uh, you know, where I got my degree in production, you know, talking about wrestling and action figures, the two things that were my entire life, you know, growing up. So everything sort of led me to to here and and you know i i'm very happy
1: about that what was your favorite figure line outside of wrestling figures as a kid
0: um i i would say either power of the force uh, i have very fond memories of that or just um the toy biz marvel figures um basically any kind of super but even not even just toy biz like uh my i had kind of like a superhero f- fig fed, not, <laughs> not wrestling, but like, you know, I had like storylines I would do with these superheroes, but I, I mixed every, as long as they were the same size, I mixed them all together. So like Batman and Superman were, you know, fighting with X-Men and things like that. So
1: I know with me, I like, I think about my childhood and it's like, I can, I remember like phases, not like I got out of one, but it's maybe like something came up and then all of a sudden, like I, I was really into that. Like, I know there was my Ghostbusters and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles phase love those and then right. like as like time went on and those started not to be as popular maybe I was getting a little bit into I remember Captain Planet love mm. Captain Planet and Darkwing Duck and then like after that like one of the last like toy lines that I really got into and it's one of those things I wish I knew where I what I did with all of them but that was Power Rangers like I had like some yeah. of the bigger figures the smaller figures the, the toy zords and, and, and like I even had a bunch of the weapons and like to me that's like some really cool shit. And some of those, I don't know if I've ever seen again, and I dare not to look online. I mean, great. It's like for Power Rangers, they're reproducing stuff. Great, but if I want to like relive my childhood and get some of those like the vintage ones, it's like God, it's it's expensive.
0: Yeah, I I mean I my you know Max Smashmaster and and a uh, couple of the guys that I'm in chats with, they collect those um, the remastered Power Ranger figures. And they're super into it, and and they are really cool, super posable, easy to collect, not super expensive. So if that's something that you thought about doing, it's a fun it's a fun uh, thing to collect. Like Max hates Mattel, so he always talks about you know how great and easy it is and and wonderful it is to collect these Power Ranger figures because it's not hard to find what they want. They always release the figures that that people ask for. Um, you know, you don't have to pay a premium thing. And, you know, it, so it's just like a, it's a nice thing uh, to get into. I, I don't know about the ones that came out like three years ago. They're probably highly priced, but yeah.
1: They they keep coming out with newer stuff. Like, for example, I know last year, right around this time, I bought a Power Rangers Green Ranger Dragon Dagger. And like it had come out like a, a couple years prior. Mm. And like already a year after I had bought mine, they have reproduced another one. With, mm-hmm. with a bunch of differences and even me being a collector goes, ooh, I really like that one because they, it wasn't like the toy one I had when I was a kid, which was definitely made for a child. This is supposed to be life-size of what that prop would have looked like. So now this newer one is the same thing. And the, one of the differences I know, and I've talked about it already a few times here on the show, is the fact that you can play it like a real uh, real instrument. Like you can't blow through it, but the buttons are treated like actual music notes. And different oh, combinations cool. will give you a different note and it, it blows do you remember
0: me. the do you remember the t- can you hum the
1: tune the green ranger tune uh there's two of them there's da, 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 da. <laughs> and the other one was dun, 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 dun.
0: i didn't know the second one but i will never forget that first tune i i always think
1: that's funny he was like hands down my favorite there was there was a, even a point like i know i had it as like a ringtone and everything because i just i mean to me, the Green Ranger was like I said, just cool as shit. His toys were cool as shit. I, like everything about him was awesome.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And and he was like uh he was he was like super cool, but he also like when he first came out, didn't he didn't he have like issues like he like had power issues or
1: something? So he was like more of an underdog. Am I remembering that weird? Uh, a, uh maybe like there's a part you're missing when he like the whole storyline with him was he was created as an evil ranger. He right. was, he was created by Rita. So actually he was kind of like a, uh, like call it in, you know, wrestling terms. He was a heel. Like he was right. like this cool heel, but it like, he turned and like, it was like cool to like, like him now too. Cause ah, like he, he, okay. he was a good right. guy. Right. And then eventually they, they worked in a storyline to where, because he was created by Rita, Rita could take away his powers. So she ends up doing that. Then later on, uh, Zordon like creates this, a uh, white ranger, and it turns out to be Tommy. So it's ah, like, yes. So it's like, it, like at that point towards the end is what I was thinking you were thinking of. Cause like he's. Yeah, probably. Yeah. He was kind of like an underdog because he was losing his powers and like he was, gonna, yes. he was going to go away, but he, he comes yeah, back. That, that's and what I remember he comes back, but he's, and then my opinion, he's, he was probably nowhere near as cool.
0: I was a little, uh, I was a little too old for Power Rangers, but I still really liked it and watched. Uh, so my friends used to give me, give me crap about it. So, I kind of like uh, was a secret Power Rangers fan. <laughs> but that but that reminds me like, you know, people that give other people shit about the collecting. Like, I feel like Matt uh, specifically over the years has done a, like a huge service for for the collecting community. And I'm not just being biased because I felt this way before I even knew him or worked on the podcast. Like, he – I started collecting Hasbro's because he – Sort of made me feel like it was okay to do and it was cool to do, if that makes any sense. And then the podcast came, and I feel like Matt and Brian have sort of helped a lot of people just be like, ah, fuck it. Like, this is my life. I can do what I want with my stuff. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I, that and like just having older collectors be more open about things. Like, Brian says it all the time 40 year old version. They made fun of that guy for having toys. But nowadays, that guy would be cool.
1: Yeah, that's that's so true. But I I, I wonder if the main fact that he, that he was a virgin made it worse.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Because I mean, they all made fun of him, and then he had dolls and all that stuff, yeah. And Matt is like this really cool guy who portrays a cool guy on TV, and he's got a lot of figures. So it's very different. But we need more mainstream uh, co- cool guys telling everyone that it's cool to do and then every, and then
1: every it'll just be normalized if that makes any sense or even a point it's just like who cares let's help normalize the fact that we're like we collect these things like when i when i was getting maybe you know i don't want to say attacked but when like those comments came towards me i was my instant thought was well why do like why do we as humans collect hmm. and like and actually i did google it and there's a bunch of different reasons but the bottom line is like like you said we all collect some things the one thing that like, the, and this is probably one of the reasons why I don't have as big a wrestling figure collection or even like figure collection. The thing that I started collecting a little bit when I, uh, like at the end of my high school years, and then I really picked up about the uh, 10 years ago, like I started getting like more and more and more is t-shirts and wrestling t-shirts in general too. Right. Like literally the last time I counted, I was around 300 and that's, oh, wow. that's just yeah. wrestling shirts. They vary from yeah. like some are WWE Some are I mean there's probably a lot That are independent wrestling uh, The oldest it goes far Back though is I have a Original issued DX shirt It's oh yeah hell yeah It's the it's the uh, classic logo And like the two differences that I always point out To people on it is number one the star On the remake for suck it is different And mine actually has the new Generation logo on One of the tags so it's That's clearly awesome. It's clearly from that time period but like that's yeah. that's the oldest. So I don't have any like vintage Macho Man or vintage Hogan. But I that's what I was like spending money on. Like mm. oh this wrestler came up with this shirt. Or I'll have like wrestlers where I wanted to collect almost all their shirts when they were in WWE. Like I have a I have a ton of Kevin Owens. I have a ton, almost all of them of Johnny Gargano. And there's a a few other ones. Like she's not signed anywhere. But I, I have a lot of Veda Scott shirts. So mm. it's just. That's what I was spending a lot of my time and and like collecting on, and then now when my my literally my collection is so big, because like I said, it's 300 just wrestling shirts. I have a bunch of other non wrestling shirts on top of it, right? So it's kind of like, well, I'm really running out of closet space. I actually had to take a bunch of them and put them in storage because I, I'm just running out of this room. So like now I'm like, okay, maybe I'll start collecting something else. And that's kind of where wrestling figures have kind of taken its place.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just people want to have a physical representation of like either a good memory or a good feeling or, you know, to represent a moment that they had. I mean, that's, that's at least that's what it is for me. My favorite wrestlers, my favorite toys, uh, my favorite movies, uh, you know, the nostalgia of your childhood, just opening these Ninja Turtle figures with my daughter, has been such a blast. Um, I'm collecting these stupid bendums now, but I'm opening <laughs> these and just having these memories from the Fig Feds, and it's uh, it's very fun. And and also at the end of the day, you, I am providing what I think is really cool decoration for my room mm-hmm. that I hang out in all the time. Uh, so you you get that initial feeling of nostalgia. Then you also decorate your house. And then whenever your eye catches the Shawn Michaels bend them, you can be like, oh yeah, I remember uh, when he was the top guy in my Fig Fed, you know, and you can relive that <laughs> nostalgia again. So to to me, and I think for most collectors, it's that uh, want to have a physical representation of the memory. And then there are some people out there that just hate that just hate clutter and they don't want that kind mm-hmm. of stuff and I totally get it. And they may have pictures on their computer or something like that for
1: those memories. And that's fine. I even think another way to put it is people want a representation of their fandom or fandoms like looking around my office like there's I mean there are wrestling figures but I have like one section that's a bunch of like Ghostbuster stuff and most of it is the pop figures because right that's when I I decided I was going to start collecting pop figures was I wanted to start with Ghostbusters. And then I also have like another part of my office that it's like a bunch of Marvel stuff, mainly Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet. Like, I love that character. So like, I, I just have these, like these physical representations of things that I love. And I look back, like everything I probably ever collected, there's, there is like those things. So like maybe with with t-shirts that was me saying like this is my fandom and i can go out every day with a different t-shirt and be like this is what i like this is awesome and at the same time like there's just other things to say like this is what i like and it that's kind of like what we were as kids like oh i watch this tv show i like i want to like play with them and then, like in a, in a way it's you expressing your fandom yeah 100 percent.
0: I, I feel that with the shirts too especially nowadays with the shirts being sort of, uh, uh, more not in your face. Like, uh, when I was very little, a wrestling shirt was like a picture of shirtless Razor Ramon in underwear on my, on my shirt. Right. And then it's like, as a kid, I'm like, I love wrestling, but I don't know if I really want to wear this shirt. But nowadays, like shirts are so, uh, general or they might be spooce of things or, or whatever. And they're more like if somebody saw that shirt, they wouldn't think anything of it. But if you know, you know, and to walk around with that and and have it be like, anybody that knows what this shirt is, we already have a connection. And I think that's a really cool thing about wrestling shirts nowadays and, and things like that. I love wearing a wrestling shirt. I, I'm with you, man. I wear a wrestling shirt everywhere. As, as long as it's uh, not some sort of business thing or something, I might wear a polo shirt or a v-neck or something, but like most of the time, a wrestling shirt. And I love when somebody's like, oh, nice shirt, because then I'm like... That guy gets it.
1: Well, even with, uh, with the way t-shirts are now, it's like, you can get a t-shirt of anything, right? Like think of like some sort of show. Think of some, like you obviously with wrestlers, like we have, there's pro wrestling tees and like there's a bunch of other sites too, where if there's a wrestler you like, there's a t-shirt for them. Even now to the fact of, you know, with Owen's wife, uh, widow opening up pro wrestling t store, that was like really awesome because for me as someone who loved Owen, and right. I was at now I'm like, Ooh, now I can get an Owen Hart shirt, like get an official one, not something that's bootleg and all this kind of stuff. So even like, there's just so, like, it's just a way of expressing yourself. And it's, it's crazy to think of the time wearing. Cause when we were kids, you know, like only way you could get a lot of those shirts, for example, like for professional wrestling was through like the catalog, like there's shirts that I have never seen in person, but I remember seeing in the catalog or on the website that I'm like, Ooh. If I could ever get my hands on that, I would buy it. Like one of them is a cane, kiss my ass shirt. Oh, yeah. Never. I have never seen in person. The only time I remember seeing it outside of the catalog was, I believe, an episode of Live Wire. That tells you how long ago it was.
0: Right. Yeah. I I love those kind of things as well. The uh, like little slice of slice of wrestling history type of situations for sure.
1: So one show that I know you watch recently and I'd love to have a conversation about it. Cause I think it's one show I've not got to talk to a lot of people about, and that's the office. Hmm. You have the unique viewpoint of coming in years later. Yeah. Like, I think I started getting into it like right around season two and then like when season three or so were, was out, that's when streaming Netflix was started to become a thing. So I like went back and like watched all these episodes that I missed. So what were your thoughts on that that show? Because that could be hit or miss with a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I mean i I loved it. Um, I tried to watch it a couple years ago. The show was already finished, but I tried to watch it a couple years ago. And and uh, a couple things. One, I'm not that big on comedies. Just like watching comedies in general. Not that I hate them, because I I there's a lot of comedies that I love. Parks and Rec, um, The Office. I mean, there's a lot, but. If I have the choice to watching like a really well-done drama, like a Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul or something like that, over a really well-done comedy like The Office, I will always pick the drama. Always, always, always. I, I sort of want to be lost in the world. I want to listen to very smart dialogue. I want to see beautiful cinematography and that's what a uh, you know a really well-done drama is. So, it takes me a while to like really uh, find the time or, or work up enough muster to watch a comedy. So, that's why it took me so long. And I tried it a couple years ago and the first season is – and everyone talks about this. This is no not new news. First season is very awkward. Michael Scott is like way sleazier and way more of a jerk and they don't really start humanizing him until se- season two. And – uh, I'm listening to The Office podcast and they're talking about how he, the actor, actually got in shape and tanned and like combed his hair different for by the time he got to season two. So, he came back just like looking like a better, gl- more glowy person. And then they added in all those those humanizing scenes to him. So, he would be a jerk, but then also he would be nice and you felt bad for him or something like that. So... First season, the first time I tried, I quit. It was too awkward. I'm like, why am I watching this? Who do I even like in the show? There's nothing to like. So this time I said, I am not gonna quit no matter how much I hate it, until season two, because that's what everybody told me. So uh went to got to season two. By the time you're a couple episodes into season two, you realize this show is not only funny, but it also has that smart dialogue and and drama feel um, of a well done drama. It's not just a sitcom with a laugh track and corny jokes and pauses and stuff like that. It is a well done, well thought out uh, emotional show full of bright characters with, um, with a lot of freaking humor. So I hesitate to put it in my top five right now, but I think it is definitely in my top 10 shows of all time. And that's saying something in the sense that I have almost no comedies in that list.
1: I think for me, it's, it's in my top five. It might even be in my top three mm. because I'm, I'm opposite of you. I'm a huge comedy guy. Like literally yeah. three of my favorite shows are comedies, uh, that how I met your mother and scrubs. Right. Love all three of them. So like, there's definitely that comedy background for me. The oddball thing is, and I just recently talked about it with, uh, johnny clash is dexter dexter yeah. was my oddball where it was like oh i'm gonna try, try to get in this other genre because i knew i did have some friends that i used to work with where they might be talking about a tv show and like i was being like oh what are you talking about like oh it's not a comedy you don't care so i was like all right, right I'm, I'm, I'm gonna kind of change this and dexter kind of what got me into it but going back to the office it was like it was the second season that got me in so when i was like yeah. re-watching season one or just like watching it for the first time so i was going backwards i knew like at, where things were going so it made a lot more sense but i love how that show just developed because like you even have characters like kelly who is like really quiet in the first season and like moderately dressed and then by like the end of season two like she's really starting to build a real character and even like later on like everything with her and aaron was always hilarious like i know i don't know if you've ever watched any of the uh the webisodes that they had at the time but the only one that i loved they did a. uh it was supposed to be like a lady gaga like video called yeah. uh, male prima donna and i love that song and it it shows you like where they went to it's it's fun the only issue obviously with a lot of people is after steve carell goes it's not it's not horrible but it's just they're trying to change things when you have like a main character like that leave a show normally they're going like you're trying to scramble to figure out where we go and how we changing things cuz it's not going to be the same anymore
0: Yeah. Well, to be honest, I so he leaves in season seven and end of season seven. I loved season eight. I I was ready to hate it. Andy comes in as the boss. I loved it. I loved everything about it. My favorite episode, I think, of the season is uh, Garden Party or whatever um, of the show. It was so funny. Um, You know, Andy becomes this lovable character who just wants to like get support from his dad. And, you know, uh, a different kind of boss with similar things to Michael. I just – I thought it was seamless. Loved season eight. It almost wasn't a drop-off for me. And then season nine is where it – I was just like, what the hell am I watching? And, like, all that stuff uh, with Andy and Aaron was just so ridiculous. And the new characters seemed like they were just like – didn't make any – just like they didn't gel and they kind of forced on you and then they, they literally – then they spent the last half of that season just met, making up for all their mess ups and then kind of fixed it for the final episode so you felt satisfied. But that's my opinion. And I wanted to tweet that out but also like who who the, <laughs> who the fuck am I to be critiquing the one of the best shows of all time? Like I'm just an idiot and – Uh, you know, that's, that's where I feel like uh, it's just so pointless to like tweet negativity. It's fine that I think that, and we're talking about it right now on this podcast, but we're talking about it and having a conversation about it. I think that's okay. But just like people that love to spew negativity for no reason, just on Twitter, like no one asked you, bro. And then I just think, and nobody asked me what I thought of it. (laughs) So I'm not going to just bombard people with my negative thoughts.
1: I always Um, think when it comes to negativity, it always definitely depends on how you frame it because sometimes something is not necessarily negative. You're just like, you're just telling people like, like it didn't hit right for me. Right. Which is, it's not saying that it sucks. It's not saying it's a piece of shit. It's saying like that, this just didn't, this didn't feel right to me. It just fell off and all this kind of stuff. Because I like, even with how I am on the internet, I try not to spew a lot of negativity i i hit a turnaround the uh middle of last summer when i went to go see the mr rogers documentary and it just when i say it changed my life like it made me go oh shit maybe if i just start living my life like this dude i can you know i could be happier and i think like it it's something that people lack on the internet because they just want to be like oh i hate this this sucks this sucks this is horrible oh, why are you doing it like this and blah blah blah. i'm just like why don't we just chill or okay if you don't like it don't don't care like don't put that effort into it like for but for a tv show it's like ah that didn't that wasn't right for me it just didn't hit hit well i like the last half of season nine because i feel like it's kind of like what you said but i feel like the way that i put it is they were building to that last episode
0: like yeah but i i i just feel like they had to fix all the crap that they broke and i don't know why they broke it See, they spent like that downward, they just like all downward spiral, fixing, breaking all this awesome stuff and doing weird things. And then they built back up to the other thing. I don't know if they needed to like break it all down to build it up. I didn't need to see Jim and Pam upset. I, you know, whatever. That's just my, that's just my opinion on it. Anyway, I just felt like it was weird and not really the show that I, that I loved, but like I said, I still think that it is a phenomenal show. Probably the best comedy I ever saw, but um, but definitely a big fan. And I kind of, back to what we were talking about, there's so much office stuff out there. And now I'm like, man, where do I dive in? The Pops? You know, some some other random memorabilia, a couple signs.
1: Um, do you listen to the podcast? No, that of all the podcasts I listen to, that's one that I would like to fit in. But I started listening to the Scrubs podcast the day it came out. So I've been like really keeping up with that. So like in the middle of like my juggle of all these other podcasts, I always try to like throw in those and what I do too with, with scrubs cause scrubs, how I met your mother and the office. I've seen most of those episodes probably five times at minimum each. Wow. So then like a lot of those, cause like they're, they're older, they have all been on, they were on Netflix for a certain period of time and they're times that I just mm-hmm. turned it on and did, you know, random stuff around my apartment or room or whatever, whatever it may be, have been. So I'm just used to a lot of them, but I try to go back and rewatch the Scrubs episodes episode by episode as those episodes are being talked about on the podcast. Right. So it's literally like I have with them too, I should say, because the streaming rights were different back then. Because really, when like when season one, two, three, four, probably most of the series, they didn't have the rights to put the music on streaming there Hmm. there was stuff in the contracts for for itunes for physical copies and that's it so a lot of the a lot of the music but not necessarily everything has had to been replaced over time so if like oh and and scrubs yeah and scrubs so i mean with office it was probably they had that stuff figured out because that was early when streaming and everything started happening so that might have been a possibility but yeah so i've i watched the dvd copies of scrubs While I'm doing all this too, but I, I do know I want to eventually do the office ladies, but I think I'm going to wait maybe until the scrubs one is over. And that by that time, the office one will be over. So I'll just be going at my own pace.
0: Yeah. It's been great. I, I, uh, my favorite shows are the wire Sopranos breaking bad, um, uh, entourage is up there and the Sopranos has a podcast entourage has a podcast office has a podcast and I tried all of them, and uh, Office Ladies is definitely my favorite out of all of them. I think they're doing a really good job uh, really going back into those episodes. With the Sopranos one, I
1: feel like you need... Have you ever seen the Sopranos? No, but after watching Sons of Anarchy, because I always heard people say that it's Sons of Anarchy is just uh, Sopranos on motorcycles. Bro. So I, I do yes, want to kind of dip al- into but also
0: that. like Sopranos is... <laughs> So much – I look, I love Sons of Anarchy. Sopranos is uh, way better. Just like um, quality and, and all that stuff, acting, cinematography, things like that. But you, you, so, if you like Sons of Anarchy, you'll love it. Anyway, but but you, you kind of – they just talk about the episodes and you have no context. So, you have to watch the episodes. I mean, it's been like a long time since I watched them. So, I'm like, what are they talking about? Okay. But the office ladies do such a great job giving you the context and – Reminding you of what happened in that episode and things like that, I I just think they're doing a great job, and you can tell they're doing a lot of research. So, that's my pitch for that for that (laughs) podcast.
1: Eventually, I think I'll get around to the funny thing you mentioned, Entourage, because that going back to The Office, literally every time I hear Entourage, I think of Michael going Entourage. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's literally like the clip that plays in my head every single time. And the fact that you mentioned it during this conversation just made it perfect. Right? Yeah, I mean that's the thing with me, like. I listen to so many podcasts, so even it makes me go like, like turn away from wanting to listen to some. And I mean, like that's eventually right. I, I I'll break down and like I'll or I'll have time and I'll go okay, let me let me check out this podcast. And that's actually half of the reason why I started listening off the hop rope. Mm. I would always obviously I would always hear about it on the podcast, and I think at one point obviously like you weren't on every week or like I don't even remember the first episode you came in the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, but since I'd always heard this commercial and formerly known as Nick, uh, CPA, Nick Stapp, I would like, eventually I like pulled him aside at an intermission. I was like, sell me on your show. Like I right. keep hearing about it. Get me to come into like, just sell it to me because I don't like watch a long podcast. But I think I don't like, cause I've heard people try to do this. Like they try to do like full shows and I'm like, I can't sit down and watch a full show, but just a match. Right. That, that does make a little bit, a little bit more palatable.
0: Yeah, I mean the watch along thing. Ah, uh, you know, I, I don't even. We say it. Every, I say it every week. It's a watch along podcast. I don't think it is. It doesn't need to be. Uh, it's an added bonus if you would like to watch along with us. But I, we try our damnedest to make sure that we describe what's happening, and we're just shooting the shit about this match and this time period and this and this show as a whole and these people as a whole. And uh, and and it's just all focused while we drink some beers. I and mean, so that's that's really all it is. And the watch along part, if you want, you know, I would say like you know five percent of people actually do the watch along. So, um, uh, you know, maybe we should do some rebranding so that people don't get scared <laughs> away. But
1: but it, it's really interesting because like there is a little thing that's similar to the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, or not. When I listen to it, sometimes I'll do the watch along, but it's like it it becomes very rare. It just depends on my schedule, but. Right. I'm, I'm now going through like the beer aisle and I'm just like looking at stuff and like, I'm not, I don't necessarily buy a lot because of my job. I, I can't drink a lot. If right. I do, it's gotta be on the weekend. And then I just don't like drink too much, but that's just a different story. But I'll still, I'll look to see if anything like sticks out to me one way or another, whether it be right. something I heard, a brand I heard on the show, whether it be even just, uh, I saw a beer that they made for sublime and that's one of my favorite bands so when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And it's like a, it's a Mexican lager. Right. So I was like, all right. Like, I'm like, I'll check this out. This sounds really cool. So it's just like this weird thing of like, uh, listening to sh- to a show and then like, it's kind of like broadening my horizons.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's the other thing. We're a niche of a niche of a niche of a niche, the after opera podcast. And that's our problem. I think a lot of people are scared about the beer stuff. They're like, Oh, I don't drink beer. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess there's five to 10 minutes of the show that you're not going to care about. (laughs) But, um, and as you know, whatever we, you know, I, I just, we wanted to be different. And I think that in a world where, you know, there's a zillion interview podcasts or wrestling review podcasts, it's important to remain, um, different. So that's why we, we exist. Plus at the end of the day, it's me and my buds and we are, uh, Talking wrestling. It's kind of like, you know, a lot of a lot of dudes you might know might have a uh, poker night. They go hang out with their buds, play poker, drink, shoot the shit. A lot of your friends might play softball, something like that, right? But for us, we get together once a week or, or you know, once every two weeks and we watch wrestling and drink beers together. Sometimes it was in person. <laughs> now it's over Zoom, but yeah. So for me, it's
1: poker night. I mean, when it comes to podcasts or niche of a niche of a niche, that's, that's what we are. That's what wrestling cheers is because you have to, you have to like podcasts, you have to like wrestling, you have to like independent wrestling and you have to care about independent wrestling from Northeast Ohio. Right. So it's
0: just, which I, which I am not really part of, but well, uh, I would love to make it out to AIW or something like that.
1: Well, I, after everything happened with, you know, Brian and Matt, part of me goes, well, I know Brian loves AIW. I know he oh, yeah. loves he's, Cleveland. He's gonna be there for sure. That's what I'm thinking. I've even thought like, man, if we could do a double header show where you could get the live off the hop rope and major wrestling figure podcast on top of a wrestling show. like, oh, bro. Uh,
0: bro, if the world was normal, <laughs> the things that we would be doing right now, like, you know, touring the major pod brand all over the place, mixing it with independent shows, like that would become such a huge part of our... Of our thing, but we just really can't do it. I said years ago, um, you know. Think about the music business, right? Like you like music, so you like to go to concerts, but it they don't like advertise it. Hey, concert tonight! Like they advertise it. Hey, this band tonight, right? So the tour or the show is the is the band. The you know it has an undercard, but like basically like. You're going to see that band, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And wrestling is different. Wrestling is AIW or Creative Pro Wrestling or whatever. That's the brand. But I feel like it's it's kind of changing. And I think that especially with independent wrestling, um, you might see more of like the touring brands. Like why wouldn't, for example, Matt Cardona, what if he booked his own shows you know, come see the major wrestling figure podcast, Matt Card, or come see Matt Cardona or Sammy Callahan. I thought could have done it a couple years ago when he was really hot. Like he basically tours his own brand, the Sammy Callahan brand. Come see Sammy Callahan. There's an undercard. It's a cool undercard, but that's but that's the brand. Joey, it's it's basically kind of like the Janela Spring Break. The brand it's put on by GCW, but the brand is Joey Janela, mm-hmm. and that's what like blew up GCW. So that's kind of like uh if the world was regular that's kind of how i see the major pod would have would have uh continued if that makes any sense
1: and i know you're obviously not a part of northeast ohio but the original premise of you coming on the show was i did a whole month of interviews with people who don't wrestle in the northeast ohio area and i had you as the last week of the month uh but when you had to reschedule i was like all right and like i still want you on so like uh, that's that's just what's going to have to happen where it's like, okay, you don't wrestle in Northeast Ohio, but here, here is smart Mark Sterling. Got it. Uh, I got lucky. I didn't really tell you this. I, I kind of had a backup plan scheduled because I was going to black label pro that weekend. So I was going to have like a review mm. episode talking about it with a, a friend of mine who went, but literally about two hours after you uh, had to reschedule, I got a message from Tara Callaway, who I was trying to get on mm. and she doesn't normally, well, she's retired, but like even when she wrestled she didn't really wrestle in this area so like it, it fit perfectly oh great perfect yeah so it was like because she was like oh do you want to can you record next week i was like actually i can it's perfect
0: perfect that's great so yeah sorry about that oh well
1: you you had bigger fish to fry <laughs> you right like like i said when I, when you showed up on dynamite that saturday everything clicked i was like this makes Perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. And even before uh, we, we get to a uh, five questions, cause we'll get to that here shortly. But something that I thought, this is what I thought about recently is I like I'm not huge into AEW. I just, a lot of times all like every television wrestling, it was hard for me to do just cause of schedule and whatnot. And just, it just piled up. Hmm. But when I started to like put a focus towards AEW, which honestly was because Eddie Kingston got signed, which made me really happy. They gave an opportunity to warhorse, and then obviously Cardona showed up, which we fucking all seen coming. But I love how they use independent talent. Yeah. I
0: feel yeah, like. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love it.
1: Like, exactly. You main evented
0: Dynamite. Right. And with my name. Yeah. And, you know, and they let everybody use their name and their gimmicks, and they ask them what music they want, and they put their graphics on top, and they promote their brand because. If the, the the better that they make their talent look, the better that they look. So why would they not, right? So even if it isn't a an enhancement position, why not make him look cool and great and awesome instead of like a loser? If you know, like when I did that squash for the WWE, they kind of didn't want me to wear my gear. They wanted me to wear like nondescript gear, but I didn't have it, so I just wore my gear. But like, why? I mean, I looked way cooler with my gear. <laughs> like, what? What do you want me to just wear him? black bikers for so but yeah I, I agree with you I, I love that about aew and i think it's a, a really great thing and wrestling was headed in a great direction before the pandemic so hopefully um you know when things get to you know settle back in and more normalized we'll, we'll be back to where we were there was a lot of places to work and it was very exciting
1: because I've, I've noticed that when i looked at like Kingston and warhorse these were two dudes that i did not expect to win. But they they put on enough, and Cody put both of them over so amazingly. Like yes, they they lost, but they made it look. They they made them look so good. I always point to the Kingston match, and obviously this wasn't Cody. I don't know if it was exactly scripted to happen that way, but when Arn looked at the camera and just he held up like oh so close, like oh he almost beat us. Like that's huge. Right. Oh for sure. And then, of course, you get in the main event. So actually, when I think about it, I thought about this earlier today. You are the first guest on this show to have main evented an AEW show. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, I almost had him. All right. Uh, let's get into the fave five questions. Hey, this is Booker T5, time Champ, and this is the fave five questions. Now, can you dig it? All right. I've asked some of these on Off the Hop Rope. I cannot ever get. I couldn't go through all the episodes to figure out what I've asked and what I haven't asked. Some I remember, some I don't. Right. But let's start with how do you feel about ketchup on hot dogs?
0: I love ketchup. Ketchup is my favorite food. I mean, my favorite sauce in, in general. I love it on everything. Uh, if, if if I have a bad steak, I'll put it on a steak. Ooh. You know, if it's a bad steak. Okay. You know, sometimes you get a, like a horribly well done or whatever steak and you just need something. I love ketchup and everything. Love ketchup on hot dogs. Give me, a, give me it everywhere. Ketchup on eggs, everything.
1: Ketchup on eggs is really good. Like I know a lot of people will shit on I'm, that. I don't even like eggs. I just like the ketchup. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't mind eggs, but I don't know. It yeah, just, it just adds just that kidding. different flavor to. it. Because people like they put hot sauce on. them. like, what's the difference? Like, yeah, like there's. It's obviously hot sauce and not ketchup, but it's basically the same thing. Right. Uh, question number two: Bacon or sausage? Bacon.
0: Uh, I do like sausage, but I will always sort of, uh, go towards bacon. I think that it's, uh, just a little more flavorful.
1: Sausage is close though. Do you prefer crispy or not crispy? Mmm. I,
0: uh, I don't want it like brittle falling apart and I don't want it like,
1: uh, grossly uncooked. So I would say somewhere in the middle. Question number three, Adam's family or the monsters? Um,
0: Adam, I guess Adam's family monsters is like a... P- before my time, and I really loved the Adams Family films when I was little. I watched those a million times. I had a VHS. Uh, that is a, a
1: made big answer for a lot of people. That's they. It's mainly because of the films because we grew up with Adams Family. Adams Family values. Maybe you watch the cartoon. Maybe you remember the video games. But we grew up when they were trying to kind of revive and put some life into Adams Family. But the thing for monsters. We have, we also grew up when they were on Nick at Night.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember watching it, but I I didn't really care.
1: But that that would be everybody's connection to right to it is like oh like, I, I enjoyed watching it on Nick at Night, especially with my dad. My dad was born in 1950, and I watched a lot of shows with him from that time period on Nick at Night or TV Land. So like I I I watched both of them, but even for me I. I kind of lead towards Munsters, but there's also like a lot more memories with Adam's family because of the movies and whatnot. Like I just I think it was last Halloween. I rewatched the Adam's family movie and it was still good. Now, I I know want to rewatch the Adam's family values here soon, too. Me, too. Yeah, for sure. All right. Question number four. Rank the fast food chicken nuggets between McDonald's, Burger King and Wendy's.
0: Uh, I like Wendy's and then McDonald's and then Burger King. And it's really just, I like the Wendy's nuggets the best, but, and then I don't even know what McDonald's nuggets t- taste like. I don't even remember. And Burger King, I just never, I've probably been to Burger King four times in my entire life. I was never a Burger King guy. So I don't even know what the nuggets taste like.
1: Everybody always points to the fact that they sell like 10 for a dollar fifty, and they're like, it, it can't be that good. And I think
0: I I can't even I I don't even know what the other places sell it. I sell it for. (laughs) So I I go to McDonald's and Wendy's and, and Burger King. So so rarely that I don't I don't even know what the prices are nowadays.
1: All right. Question number five. I don't know if I've ever asked this for on off the hop rope, but it's a favorite number five question for me is Die Hard a Christmas movie.
0: Hell yes! I just talked about it on a podcast earlier today. I love Die Hard. It is uh, it is a hundred percent a Christmas movie, and I watch it for Christmas every year. Love it.
1: I'll try not to go into this like ad uh, ad nauseum, but I know I've mentioned it before on the show that I think I don't think it's a Christmas movie, but I think when, well, when people say Christmas movie, they mean holiday movie, and I don't sure. think I don't think Die Hard is a holiday movie. But if you go by the definition for a lot of people for a Christmas movie, yes. It is a Christmas movie, but it's not a holiday movie. For me. And for Got me, it. like, it's it's not really high on my list. I didn't watch Die Hard until I was in my 20s. It just, for some reason, just we never, I never watched it growing up. Right. But what is your favorite Christmas movie? Um, I mean, I usually say Die Hard, to be honest. I like
0: Muppets, Uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. That's one of my favorites. So either Die Hard or Muppets Christmas Carol.
1: That's a good one. I always go with, uh, obviously, previously mentioned uh, jingle all the way. Uh, yes. And for you, question number six, what I'm thinking of, because like this is a similar question that you use on Off the Hop Rope. Yes. Give me your Mount Rushmore of wrestling figures. Uh, okay.
0: Um, Thinking. Uh, okay. So the the Ric Flair defining moments with the black robe, um, the Storm Collectibles, Hulk Hogan, uh, with the with the red and yellow um, the ultimate uh, Bret Hart and oh man I just did all Mattel's and then I'll go uh, Warrior Series 2 Hasbro because I gotta throw in a Hasbro that's my favorite
1: figures the ultimate Warrior Hasbro the uh, second one was my favorite Hasbro growing up and even like when I first started buying Hasbros because of the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, that's the first one I started with.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. And it's just great. I just, I, uh, I have fond memories of that.
1: And then when I started recollecting, I realized like a bunch of ones that I didn't have were kind of badass too. Like now, my favorite Joe like that thing is like a rock.
0: Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So unique.
1: And that's the other thing I like calling it unique is like nobody else had that mold. Hmm. For sure so he it's just it looks so awesome and i never noticed until listening to the your hasbro fantasy draft or not fantasy draft but the f- fantasy booking of other lines is mm-hmm. that uh the yokozuna was flipped i for some reason like i can look at it and still look at it and go nothing's wrong with it oh right but then I, when you, yeah i know what you mean but when you tell me like the color should be different it goes oh okay but like it still looks fine to me for some reason right all right, man. That's that's everything. Any final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go?
0: Uh no, man. I you know, we we kind of plugged my stuff the whole time. So I, I appreciate <laughs> you having me on and uh, I'm glad that we were able to connect here. It was a good conversation. Love to talk office. Um so yeah, I'm gonna I'll whenever you put this up, let me know and I'll plug it on our stuff.
1: And of course you can find myself at heavyset330 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find this show. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers email. If you so choose, desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said earlier on the show, please rate, review, and subscribe to ever listen to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, wrestlingcheers.podbean.com Check out our friends on the Training Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other non podcast friends, such as Let the Hate Flow Through You, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, Virtual Pros, The IndyCast, SoBros Network, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, The Chick-Foley Show, Positively Pro Wrestling, Row 1, Seat 1, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, Marks with Mikes, and Dark Match Podcast. Check out our other non-podcast friends such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, Good Company, Toy Hio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory Southern Underground Pro and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Especially when your name is Platinum Max Caster and you did the brand new outro for Wrestling Cheers. Enjoy, and we will see you next week. Later. (laughs)